All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. Welcome in. It's finally Friday, October 6th, the first Friday edition of the year here on Daily Faceoff Live. I'm Tyler Yaram Jack. He is our NHL insider, Frank, Sarah, Volley, and Frank. Big weekend plans. What you got going on? Uh, just hockey, honestly. Uh, got, I think, four games this weekend and a wedding. So not really, uh, not a lot of free time as we get to the, the knuckle of uh preview season so looking forward to dropping the puck next week so we can get into a rhythm last friday without nhl hockey until june yeah in all likelihood um very exciting yeah the last weekend without nhl hockey next week is the big week and that means there's a lot to get to as teams ramp up through training camps let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up and start ripping through some topics frank including some news coming out of la where the kings are reportedly set to give todd mcclellan a contract extension the bench boss heading into his fifth season as Kings head coach has led them to back-to-back playoff appearances and a winning record in that span as well with 141 wins and just 115 regulation losses. What I find most interesting about this news, Frank, is that it brings him in line with GM Rob Blake's contract. They're both set now to expire at the end of the 2024-25 season. And to me, what that says is the playoff appearances are great, but the pressure's on now in LA. It's time for this team to take the next step over the next few seasons. I mean, look, it is time to take the next step, but you also have to consider your surroundings. And we've talked about this a lot this offseason. Vegas Golden Knights, defending Stanley Cup champs, Edmonton Oilers, one of the Stanley Cup favorites. 
it's kind of a tough path out of the your own side of the bracket. And so it's also important to kind of take a step back for a second and remind yourself where the Kings were two years ago at this time when we first got rolling on Daily Faceoff Live, which was, can the Kings even be a playoff team? They're coming out of a somewhat lengthy rebuild to try and get things back on the right track. They're there. McClellan has been a huge part of that. But what's so fascinating about this Kings season, Tyler, isn't necessarily about what they've built or where they're going. It's can they get there on the back of the two goalies that they have in net this year? I have never in my career seen one team gamble an $83.5 million roster like they are in L.A. with the two goalies that they have in Cam Talbot and Phoenix Copley. A combined total $2.5 million in goaltending spending. It almost seems impossible, but I understand the trust that McClellan has in Talbot. But would you wager this kind of roster and where they're at, the prime, let maybe the last couple prime years of Kopitar and Dowdy on this? Well, and that's kind of why I push back a little bit on the idea that they had this spectacular offseason. Like, yes, Pierre Luc Dubois is a very damn good player, and they locked him up for a long time. He can be the heir to the throne to make a king's reference to Anze Kopitar one day when he eventually moves on like you have that built in kind of next wave now but if you would ask me at the beginning of the summer end of last season which player from the Winnipeg Jets I think the Kings should acquire it was Connor Hellebuck to me like you could have went into next year with Kopitar and Dano down the middle and that really strong third line that they had and been fine and if you would have gotten Connor Hellebuck I would have been looking at this roster and going damn legit Stanley Cup contender now I look at it and go there's a chance that just like last year they are searching high and low for a goalie come trade deadline because Phoenix Copley is 30 years old and has only played 68 games in his NHL career and Cam Talbot can't really stay healthy anymore I think it's a big gamble and I think it's honestly kind of a bad gamble yeah I would tend to agree with you and I would also say the trade deadline is not really the time to go out and get a goalie cap space is a problem although the Kings did get a goalie last year at the deadline in Corpus Allo, why they didn't bring him back and were unwilling to make that kind of commitment to me is interesting for a guy that they seem to ride in the playoffs. It also sent kind of a weird message to Copley, who they had already re-signed. You're not really the guy. So um, I think our graphic kind of undersells to the change to their depth because it's not just Gabe Velarde that they're missing. Alex Ayafalo is a pretty significant piece. You could kind of bank on him every year for 15 goals and 40 points. And they also lose Rasmus Kapari as well. So um, the depth, I think, certainly has eroded a little bit in LA. So it's depth and goaltending that are the two question marks. Center ice position, maybe the best you know, set up in the league right now in terms of how they're structured outside of Edmonton with Dano and, um, as you mentioned, Dubois and Kopitar. Like, that is a pretty elite 3C position that you're looking at. But other than that, I don't know. I just – is are the LA Kings better than they were last year? I would argue that they're not better or worse, that they're probably the same. Yeah, and, I mean, granted, Vegas is probably – Pretty close to saying the same thing. Edmonton, with the exception of adding Connor Brown, is pretty close to saying the same thing as well. So it'll be interesting to see how things shake out in the Pacific Division. Let's stay in the Pacific and stay on the theme of news we got yesterday. The Anaheim Ducks signing Jamie Drysdale to a three-year extension. It's coming in with a cap hit 
just under $3 million a year. The defenseman who's played 113 career games and looked pretty solid in those 113 games, like 40 points in your first, again, 100 year and a half, basically, of NHL hockey is pretty solid. He was banged up last season, but this is a guy, Frank, where if he's healthy and he keeps kind of going along the development path that a lot of people think he will, He's going to be a really damn good defenseman in this league. Yeah, I agree. And health is still a question mark when you come off of an injury like that. You got to go out and prove that you can be healthy. But I don't have any real red flags as far as that is concerned. Doubt it's going to be something that you see as a repeat injury. And when you look at Drysdale and and the step that he should have taken, um, you know, you're looking at this deal and you're going, okay, this seems to be right in the wheelhouse for the Ducks of a pretty sweet spot to be. 2.3 million a year times three years. um, You know, that's a great place to be for a guy that I think can step back into the lineup, take a step forward and be close to a 40 point defenseman right now, let alone for the next two years. The tough spot that Drysdale was in is that he has two additional pro seasons required to get to arbitration. So he would have needed to play two just to get there and really have some leverage in contract negotiations. Now he's got three, not really great in terms of um, AAV for him. Like he, it feels like he's, you know, uh, sold low, but that's really the spot that they were in with no leverage, Uh, no Arbrights, no ability to offer sheet really kind of stuck. Do you give GM Pat Verbeek a thumb up for getting these two and Drysdale and Zegras signed before the start of the regular season, or do you give them a thumbs down for not going long-term with at least one of them? Uh, I would go thumbs down. I think the Drysdale is a thumbs up, but Zegras as a whole, I mentioned before, try and get as many years as you can with players that you believe in. And maybe that's really the answer. Maybe the question is, do the Ducks actually believe in Zegras? Yeah. And that'll be a very interesting thing to see play out over the next number of years. Uh, Every day, Frank, two o'clock Eastern time, my eyes are glued to Twitter. I'm sure your eyes are glued to your email, waiting to get the waiver wire news for the day. And over the next 48 hours, the expectation is that there could be some pretty interesting goalies finding their way to the waiver wire. Let's fire up a list of who we're keeping an eye on when it comes to goalies who could be placed on waivers over the next few days as teams finalize their roster. I look at this list, Frank, a couple of interesting names, but the one that really stands out to me is 24-year-old Uka Pekalukkanen, who before the Devin Levi deal and his emergence was kind of seen as the goalie of the future potentially in Buffalo. What are the chances that he does hit the waiver wire and what are the chances he'd make it through? Still TBD, I doubt that he would make it through, but the interesting thing about the Buffalo Sabres is that they have enough cap space that they could actually carry three goalies and not have to make a decision on Uko Pekalukkanen. It's kind of a tough spot to be in because you're thinking Comrie is the perfect guy to play in tandem with Levi. And, you know, there's been moments that Uko Pekalukkanen has had in his career. UPL last year, rookie of the month in January, get a two or three week stint with a 913, 914 save percentage where he looked really good. And so there's no doubt that teams are replaying some of that tape this week as they try and figure out what that waiver wire looks like. And he's just one of kind of really a few fascinating names out there. Alex Lyon got the Florida Panthers into the playoffs. There was the question when we started the playoffs, who, you know, who's going to be the guy that the Panthers run with could have been Lyon. Martin Jones played 48 games last year for the Seattle Kraken. 
He's the third guy for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't think that their plan is to go with three goalies. And so they're kind of going to be patient here over the next few days to see what develops. The Montreal Canadiens haven't made a decision yet with Caden Primo. They're still talking things over internally to see what happens. I'd expect to see David Riddick on waivers from the LA Kings. If not today, then at some point over the next couple, I think they've made up their mind that it is going to be Copley and Talbot. Malcolm Subban uh, has, has some NHL experience. Magnus Helberg was claimed three times on waivers last year alone. And Anthony Stolarz, fascinating situation in Florida. They signed him at $1.1 million, clearly to be the backup. They liked what they saw from him in Anaheim. You've got Sergei Bobrovsky there at 10. You've got Spencer Knight at $4.5 million. Knight still has waiver eligibility, so they actually could, if they wanted to, send Knight back to the AHL. I don't think that makes sense for anyone, even though he probably has a little bit of rust to knock off. But that would mean then that a decision is coming on Stolers. So it's an interesting way to kind of work through the list. Um, it's the kind of biggest, um, I'm not looking at very many position players that are going to be generating a ton of interest, but you know that teams will be pouring over the goalies that try and come through the waiver wire over the next five days. Well, and especially because there's so many teams that have clear-cut needs in that position. I know over in our YouTube chat, our pal Barra brought up the abs and the bolts. Yeah, Bashalevsky out eight to ten weeks. Frank, there's no way they go into the year with like basically just Jonas Johansson between the pipes. Like the Bolts will probably try to claim one, and the Abs probably want to cover for the Fransuz injury as well, right? One would think, although the Abs do appear to be pretty high internally on Eustace Ananen. Can he be the guy that backs up Georgiev, who really played the lion's share of the games? Fully expect the Lightning to grab someone that comes through. Uh, the we, we didn't have the Kraken guys up there as well, but uh, Joey Decord and Chris Streeter, two and three, um, you know, on the depth chart for the Kraken behind Philip Grubauer. I'd imagine that Dreger is going to be the guy at three and a half million, but no one's taking him at that price. So um, that's why he didn't make our board. If you are a roster nerd like me, then you can't wait to get that little notification from Frank Cervalli that the waivers for the day are out and sifting through them. Uh, should be interesting today. Maybe we'll see a couple of these goalies hit the wire at 2 o'clock Eastern. Uh, Dr. Cervalli now is in session, and we'll go to the doctor's office. Frank, hey, if you want to play six to eight preseason games, NHL teams, guys are going to get banged up, and we're seeing uh, quite a few interesting names on our NHL injury report right now. We talked the other day about Josh Norris. He's practicing. Also, John Klingberg is practicing for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So they don't quite make our list. But when you look at this, Frank, I mean, we, we've known about Vasilevsky for a little bit. Jared Spurgeon's the one I look at and go, boy, if he's week to week to start the year for the Wild, that's a big, big loss. Yeah, it really is. And certainly Jared Spurgeon leaving the ice last night after that hit uh, doesn't leave you feeling comfortable if you're a Minnesota Wild fan. I mean, look, this has been a summer of change. There's been a lot of uh, shuffling on the back end for the Wild in terms of expectations. Matt Dumba, of course, gone. Uh, Jonas Brodeen, Jacob Middleton still there. Same thing with Alex Goligoski, John Merrill, Brock Faber, and Kalen Addison. Um, look, missing Spurgeon for any significant period of time, and, and as I reported this morning, uh, it sounds like it's going to be a few weeks. Um, that leaves you in an uncomfortable spot without really a ton of margin for error. So Zach Whitecloud is another big one. Uh, there were some reports out there from Sinbin Vegas on Thursday saying that 
White Cloud could be out as long as January. So I don't know if that's necessarily week to week or month to month. So that hurts the defending champs. And White Cloud's a big part of what they do. Killorn, we know four to six weeks with the finger. Um, Logan Couture, there hasn't been much talk about him. He's getting close to starting skating again, but I think the Sharks would rather err on the side of caution there, have him miss uh, a week or two to begin the season before then uh, having him come back too early and miss more time later. So that's how they're playing it. I, he's probably pretty doubtful for uh, the season opener this next week. Well, that, that is always kind of the delicate balance at this point in the season, right? As much as you'd love to have your roster as you planned it out in the summer ready and available for opening night, the last thing you want to do is go through a full season with a guy where he's in and out of the lineup because you just didn't get out in front of it early. I know but, in Edmonton, Matias Ekholm, that's kind of the same situation. Yeah, and I was going to say, by the way, since you did make the point right at the beginning of the segment, I did ask Commissioner Gary Bettman about the idea of shortening the preseason when I was at the Board of Governors meeting on Wednesday, and he said, we don't really seem to have an issue with it. Doesn't seem like there's much complaint from teams, but he did throw in there that if it's important to the Players Association, that it's something that they could discuss at the next collective bargaining agreement. Yeah, I mean, the reasoning behind it is it generates revenue, right? Like that's kind of the whole purpose of doing this. too many. It's way too many. I, I don't know a single fan who's like, no, I love seeing AHL rosters every second night. It's fun. That and it's expensive for most fans. I realize that there's a proposition there for people that, you know, can't necessarily afford to buy regular season tickets that you get a chance to come down for a discounted price and see some of the stars. And if you have a young family, that means a lot, but you could still accomplish that in four games instead of eight. hundred percent. Uh, all right. It is also fantasy hockey season right now. Frank, I had a draft last night. I'm starting to get the itch. I'm starting to feel it. But I was also very underprepared for my draft. So I fired off a text for our friend Nick Alberga to come and join us and give us some advice. Let's get to fantasy hockey talk. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey. 
Fantasy Hockey Talk is brought to you by Botano. The game starts now at Botano.ca. Big, big sports weekend coming. Playoff, baseball, NFL, football. Plenty to do, plenty to check out over at Botano 19+. plus. Please play responsibly. Nick Alberga, he is one half of Leafs Morning Take, and he handles a lot of daily face-off content for us at dailyfaceoff.com. Nick, I want to start with some guys who are rocking new jerseys this fall, some fresh faces in new cities. Give me a few guys who swapped organizations over the summer who you like to have strong seasons from a fantasy perspective. Well, we're in a fantasy league together on Monday, so I'm not telling you any names, although you got graphics made for me, so I guess I'm I'm inclined to do so. Um, Sean Dursey is where I'll start, guys. Um, I like this look quite a bit. Nobody's really talking about it because it's not a sexy name or anything like that, but he goes from L.A., Arizona. He's going to run the first power play. He's going to play with uh, Clayton Keller, Logan Cooley, Nick Schmaltz. Like he's getting that type of attachment. And he had 38 points last season with Los Angeles. I could see a world where it's 50 plus points here for Sean Dursey. So if you're late in your draft, you're looking for a defenseman, I would look there. Jonathan Drouin, like I love these reunion stories, right? We're seeing two of them on your screen right there. Jonathan Drouin reunited with Nathan McKinnon coming off a unbelievable two goal season with the Montreal Canadiens. I think he beats that quite easily. And I, I think there's no reason why Drewen can't best his 53-point total in his career. I know it's a far stretch considering what we've seen the last couple of years, but if he maintains that spot with McKinnon and Ranton on the top line, I say why not. And the last one you know very well in Edmonton, Connor Brown. Uh, the garden seat with Connor McDavid at least to start the season looks like it's going to be Kane, McDavid, and Brown on the top line. Coming off ACL surgery, so I'd be mindful of that. Played just four games last year for Washington, but I think he's uh, in line for a big season playing with McDavid here. Zero concerns, Nick, in terms of the Connor Brown ACL injury. I'd expect him to have a big, big year for the Oilers, but in that same vein, Connor Brown, comeback player of the year candidate, that's off of an injury. What about some bounce back player of the year candidates coming off of some downplay or lack of production. Give me some struggling players that you expect to have a strong season this year. There's two big names. Um, and I think first and foremost, you have to look to Calgary. Uh, Daryl Sutter's out. Ryan Huska is in. I'm looking at Jonathan Huberto, guys. Like he was a bona fide top 15 fantasy file going into last season. And of course, we all know what happened. The biggest point drop in NHL history of 60 going from 115 to 55. Variety of reasons why that happened among them, Canadian market. and I get the pressure. So he knows what it's going to be like this year. His his average draft position is 123.5 right now. Come is, on. Is, is John, it's crazy. Uh, I have him ranked 45. You can check out my list over at dailyfaceoff.com. Even 45 uh, feels low. Yeah, I know. Like I, I think... I, I would be good in saying that I think Huberto is going to be at least a top 50 fantasy player this year. So I like the value there. And Victor Hedman's the other guy. Again, a lot of this stems with what happens on the first power play unit. Is it going to be Hedman? Is it going to be Sergachev? But I'm going to give Hedman the benefit of the doubt. He's a future Hall of Famer, multiple Stanley Cups. He had 85 points two seasons ago, right? Like not far removed from that type of monster season. So I think he's line, uh, in line, I should say, for a monster bounce back as well, Frank. Yeah, Hedman is an interesting one. That whole Bolts team will be interesting this year yeah. from a fantasy perspective. Uh, last up, I want to talk about some goalies, Nick. A very, very important position to get right in fantasy hockey. But sometimes you get a little too enamored with the star players early. You're sitting there in like round eight and you're like, oh, damn, I don't have a tendy yet. For people who are in that position, who are some late, late-er round goalies who you think are worth taking a stab at? 
so I, t- I think this ties in perfectly with the bounce back. And there's a reason why I didn't mention him because I wanted to mention him in here. It was Jacob Markstrom. Like if Calgary is going to do anything this year, guys, if they're going to make the playoffs and I feel like they're going to make the playoffs, they need the Markstrom who was like a guy in the Vesna conversation a couple years back has not been the same goalie for the last year and a half since he was torched by the Edmonton Oilers in the Stanley cup playoffs. So I'm banking on a bounce back of sorts for Markstrom this season. And it's funny, all three goalies have intertwined the Alberta roots, of course, right? Jack Campbell, ADP of 166.8. I don't think it's outlandish. Jack Campbell starts a season opener for the Edmonton Oilers, which if I told you that six months ago, you'd call me crazy. You guys both know I'm crazy, but still, I'm probably right in this scenario. I think Jack Campbell is going to be more like the guy we saw in Toronto than whatever that was last year. So I'm taking a flyer on him. And I like the Cam Talbot look in Los Angeles. I thought he was banged up for the majority of his only season with the Ottawa Senators. I think he's got the inside track and the upper hand on Phoenix Copley for the 1A position with the LA Kings, who many think are going to be a force to be reckoned with there in the Pacific Division. So those three guys specifically, I would throw into the conversation. And watch out for Jonas Corposalo as well with the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, Corpus Al is an interesting one. That's a big, big ticket there on a Senators team that is facing some pressure. We got an extra minute here, Nick. You are one half of Leafs morning take, like I said. So give me a little fantasy breakdown on some Leafs forwards who you think might have some decent value. Like I know you talked about Connor Brown and just getting that spot next to McDavid. It automatically makes you fantasy relevant in that spot. What about some guys who are going to see some key minutes in Toronto? Good question, Tyler. Always quick on your feet. Uh, We're not going to talk about the big boys. There's no sense. They're going to rip it up. The Marners, the Matthews, those guys of the world. So we'll talk about the guys, as you mentioned, with the plum assignments. Like Tyler Bertuzzi is the first name that comes to mind where you look at what he did with the Boston Bruins last year. Specifically, he was unbelievable. Now you put him with Matthews and Marner. Love the look there. The one guy I wouldn't sleep on, though, is Matthew Nyes. Uh, For you betters out there and you want to sneak in a, a... An interesting bet. Maybe you look at Nyes as a uh, dark horse, if you will, for the Calder Trophy this season. I think he's going to start the season on the third line, but would I be shocked by like two weeks in if he's on a line with Austin Matthews? Probably not. Um, So I would look there. Max Domi, depending on his utilization, his deployment, where he's putting that lineup. And the other name I would throw out there that's uh, banged up, but he practices, as you mentioned, Ty, today for the first time in a week, is John Klingberg. Uh, By all accounts, it sounds like they're going to try to have him run the first power play unit if he's back and when he's back and healthy. So I think you take a flyer on a guy like that as well. Believe it or not, the depth pieces have way more value this year in fantasy hockey than in recent memory for this Maple Leafs team. And outside of that, I would mention too, Joseph Wall. If you're looking for a deep, deep sleeper, if you want to call him that in between the pipes, I know Ilya Samsonov's the guy right now. But for me, my theory is there's a reason why they gave Sammy just one year. I think they're highly invested in Joseph Wall. I would not be shocked if he still starts away at some point in time this year. So since this segment is sponsored by Botano, let me save everyone some money and do not bet Matthew Nyes for the Calder. <laughs> okay, if you want to bypass Connor Bedard, fine. Logan Cooley, I mean, go, this is like the most jam-packed year for Calder that we've seen in a while. Matthew Nyes ain't going to be it. I'm sorry. Frank, you're Italian. You it know, just all means about you're prayer. All about prayer, Toronto my guy. You know about prayers, right? Drinking the Toronto Kool-Aid. <laughs> Uh, probably yeah. that's what they that's what they do best on Leafs morning take Monday to Friday 11 a.m. Eastern time with Nick Alberg and former NHLer Jay Rosell you can check out his fantasy hockey work at dailyfaceoff.com Nick have a good weekend man thanks for joining us thanks guys you too take care Moving along to our hashtag AskDFO question of the day. Frank, we're going to do a little 
fair or foul. Last night, Connor Bedard getting in some shootout action against former, or sorry, future Hall of Famer Marc-Andre Fleury. And this was the result of that play. And I want to know as we watch Bedard slowly come in, get stopped, and then whoop, get upended by Fleury, who I don't know if that was a love tap or what. Yeah, it gives him a little, hey, welcome (laughs) to the NHL, kid. Fair or foul? I think it's totally fair. First off, like, it's the NHL. And second, like, you can't, at some point you got to shoot. So <laughs> if you're not going to, you're going to get a stick and it's a good reminder. So been a, a sort of magical preseason for Bedard at times. Uh, the highlights have been unreal. That certainly won't count. I'm going to say foul. The attempt was over. That's kind of a greaseball thing to do to upend a guy Come like on. that. Marc-Andre Fleury, you can say a lot of things. Greaseball is never going to enter into the vocabulary. He's I'm not, got as much class as anyone. Just I know, but that sometimes play, you get tangled up and mm, we're on different. What? Sides so what part about it? Like, is it not fair game? Like, are you just you run just it again handle into oblivion? Like, where the attempt was over. Flurry had already poke checked the puck away. Uh, welcome to the NHL, kid. That's how I feel. All right. Well, sure. Look, right, ready, ready. Boom. Poke check. Puck's gone, and then he trips him up. Con- mm. Mark Andre Flurry was playing in the NHL before Connor Bedard was born. That, that is actually something, hey? How many? Yeah. There wouldn't be that many guys in the league who'd be able to say that right now either, like guys who played for more than 18 years. No, the Bergerons, those guys are all kind of retiring. Mm-hmm. But you've got Sid and Latang and Mal- Like, it's been, it's kind of crazy. The YouTube chats is with you, uh, by the way, Frank. Jeremy says Bedard was soft on his feet. Teresa says it was hilarious. And Michael says Tyler being a crybaby. Um, yeah. yeah. Not the first time. <laughs> Let's move along to our Botano Daily Bets for today. I've eyed up another pair of futures plays. I don't mind over at Botano.ca. First one tied into the LA Kings. Frank, over under 101.5 for them on the year. I am going to take this one personally and say stay away. If not, maybe even lean under because I don't trust their goaltending that much. And they were only a 103-point team last year. So books are saying they could take a bit of a step back, and I'm going to agree with them. I'm going to either stay away or lean under. Do you think they'll hit over 101.5? I wouldn't bet against it. I I told you yesterday, I don't think it's hard to get to 100 points anymore. Yeah. I mean, 9, 10 playoff teams every year get there. So it's not a crazy number. And the second one I have there is the Calgary Flames to get more points than oh, the that's Winnipeg a slam Jets. Dunk, I think. Like, it's not paying great, but I don't even care. Minus 133, I'm taking that all day. The Flames should, without a doubt, have a better regular season than the Winnipeg Jets. They did it last year. Why can't they do it again? I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, yeah that is uh, that is one of my favorite future bets I've given we so far. We call that a stone-cold mortal lock. Is it? Yeah, shout out to Batano next week. Finally, actual hockey to wager on, and that is certainly exciting. Frank, let's wrap up the show with a little bit of garbage time. What do you got here for us on a Friday? Yeah, I wanted to say happy trails to Stance Meal. First off, a first ballot hockey nickname, The Steamer. Mm -hmm. But after 45 consecutive years with the Vancouver Canucks organization as a player and executive, Stan Smeal is transitioning away from his day-to-day duties in Vancouver. And so 1978 to 2023, that is a long, long time. And Stan Smeal, all class. So um, whether it's been as captain 
Uh, he has certainly been one of the faces of the team as number 12 retired in Vancouver. And, um, you know, whether it was stepping in as interim GM a couple seasons ago before they decided to bring on Jim Rutherford, he's done just about everything that multiple ownership changes and regimes could ask of him. And he's a legend in Vancouver. So after 45 years of service, hats off to Stan Smeal. Yeah, stick taps to Stan Smeal on a fantastic life in hockey. I'm wishing him all the best. Also, stick taps to Gavin Turnick, Pat Puff, and yourself, Frank, for a good first week of Daily Faceoff Live, season three of the show. And we will be live, Frank and I, Monday through Friday, noon Eastern time. We'll be here through the entire hockey season on the Daily Faceoff YouTube. Shout out to everyone in the chat today. Hammer that like button. Make sure you're subscribed as well as you head into the weekend so you don't miss our show on Monday. We'll chat with you then. Thanks for tuning in to Daily Faceoff Live. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.